Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us today for Reconciling Grace. This is Pete Vecchi, one of the associate pastors for West Carrollton Church of the Nazarene. Our panelists today are Vicki Cundiff. Vicki is one of the associate pastors for Countryside Church of the Nazarene in Lebanon, Ohio. Mick Wells is with us. Mick has been with Wells of Salvation Ministries since 1980. He is also one of the co-hosts of the Cross Connection radio program. And leading our discussion today is Steve Wilson. Steve is a graduate of United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. He is a computer game programmer. He is a Christian author. And we're just kind of picking up with part two of the topic, Listening for God. So, Steve, why don't you uh, help us pick up where we left off last time? Right. So we read the passage about the boy Samuel in the temple where God was trying to talk to him, and he wasn't exactly sure uh, who was speaking. He thought it was Eli, the priest. And so he kind of went through this episode of learning to listen for God's voice. And we want to be able to say in our own lives, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. We talked last time about all the ways, or at least a lot of the ways, that God spoke to people in Scripture. And now I want to turn it um, kind of forward a little bit and say, well, how does God speak to us today? Does God still speak in those ways or not? And the first one we talked about is God speaking directly to people. Does anyone have experiences or knowledge of God speaking directly to people today? Nobody that I know personally. No, well, I have. Okay. Right? So there have been a couple of times where God hasn't spoken audibly to me, but he has spoken very directly into my mind, into my spirit. And uh, I shared uh, my testimony uh, quite a few episodes ago now, but I invite you to go back and listen to that. So God does still speak to people directly. You know, I've had that same thing happen. God speaks to me at times directly. I don't hear the audible voice, but it is that knowing in my heart that this is coming from God. So let me let me then uh, rephrase what I said. I guess I didn't understand exactly what you were asking. Based on that kind of thing, yes, I, I do know people. I thought you were meaning like, for instance, I have seen Jesus standing in front of me kind of like uh, like maybe uh, Stephen did when he was being stoned to death. He says, I see the, the Son of Man sitting at the uh, the right hand of God. No, I haven't seen anybody do that. But yes, what you have, and I've had those types of things happen to me as well. Mm-hmm. I've had uh, an experience similar to that. And again, not an audible voice, but driving along at night and cresting a hill on the highway in a rural area, <clears throat> just something immediately and very convincingly say, slow down, there's an animal in the road. I had the picture, I can't remember exactly, I should, since this is so distinct. It was either a sheep or a pig, and I was expecting to, to hit like a pig in the road. And I had no idea it was there. I crested the hill very slowly in response to that urging or that admonishment, and it turned out to be the other. It turned out to be a, 
uh, as I recall, a sheep. I would have wrecked the car big time, but something told me to slow down. And I think, I, in retrospect, I credit the, the voice of God in, a, in an inner voice mm-hmm. to spare me from some tragedy. Mine isn't so uh, direct, but I think it has some interest here for our Reconciling Grace uh, program because what happened was, it reminded me when you said you were driving down the road, because it was while I was driving down the road, and I was trying to think of, we really could use a female voice on here, and the name Vicki Cundiff was given to me, and here's Vicki, been part of our um, group of panelists regularly now for um going on close to a year. And so I think that God spoke to us, sure. spoke to me in that way. And and he obviously must have spoken to you about it too, Vicki, because he here did. you are. He did. Now, Pete, you brought up an appearance of Jesus, which we actually didn't talk about last time, but we should have. Um, Peg, do you want to tell us what, a, uh, what we're talking about here? Yeah, and particularly in the Old Testament, there were instances uh, described where people encountered what scholars believe today to be uh, an Old Testament appearance of either God the Father or God the Son. And if it's, if it's God the Father, uh, they were talking about, they call it a theophany, an appearance of God in test, Old Testament. And sometimes a Christophany, which is a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus uh, in the Old Testament, and there were a couple of them that uh, came to mind, whether you want to call it a theophany or a Christophany. First account is in Genesis 32, verses 22 to 30. I'm not going to read those, but it describes Jacob wrestling with what appeared to be a man, but we're actually, inf- we're actually informed in verses 28 through 30 that it was actually God. Can you imagine that? Talk about listening for God, how close an encounter can you have? <laughs> you know, people hear things, they, they try to read things into things and try to discern God, but here God actually wrestled with Jacob in the Old Testament times, as the Scripture tells us. And then in Daniel chapter 8, verses 24 uh, and maybe 25, yes, Let me read this to you. King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. Now get this. Nebuchadnezzar said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods, lowercase g. Well, we know... According to the scripture, there were the three Hebrew children thrown into the fiery furnace. Nobody was supposed to survive that. But there they were healthy and walking around. I'm not sure if they were clothed. <laughs> they probably got burned up. But um, nonetheless, this is considered a Christophany, an Old Testament appearance of the Word who eventually was made flesh. And it, and it warms my heart to think that Jesus was involved in all these things even before he was born to the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. And now I have never seen God. I've never seen Jesus, but I know that uh, some people claim to have. In fact, uh, a lot of 
Uh, our Catholic friends will point to instances where the saints have had appearances of Jesus, and I'm, I can't say that I've had that experience, but I'm not ready to discount that either. Uh, God could very well still communicate in those ways. Sure. You know, one thing that I've often realized is, especially through reading scriptures, um, God wants us to know him. And basically, he is willing to do whatever it takes to get us to realize that he loves us. And, you know, one of the things where I see, now this is a little bit off the track, but people oftentimes look at the Apostle Thomas as saying, look at that guy. He had to see it. He wouldn't believe the testimony. But you know what? When you look at it, the reason that he didn't believe it was he wasn't there the first time. But Jesus showed the very same things to the other disciples who were there the first time. And what did Jesus do? He came back and he appeared to Thomas. Why? Because that's what Thomas needed. And what did Thomas say? He, he said to him, my Lord and my God. Guess what? Thomas believed. You know, mm-hmm. piggybacking on that, um, I believe, too, that God, it's not his will that any should perish. And there are people out there who will say, God would never do this. He gave us the Bible. He gave us all we need. He would never reveal himself in, in some manner. I'm not going to tie the hands of God. I'm speaking for Mick Wells personally. I'm not going to tie the hands of God to say he would never do this if, unless the Bible tells me he would never do it. And I think back to the time when the reports on uh, the media, uh, a favorite singer of mine was George Harrison, and he was a searcher. And we've used a lot of his songs on our Cross Connection radio program. I wanted George t- to know the truth. God wanted him to know the truth. When, when I would pray for George on his deathbed, I prayed that the Lord, if he was willing, would would come to George in a special way and reveal to him the true answer of what he had been trying to sort out his whole life through dabbling in all the religions. He was a searcher. He wanted to know God. He wrote a song called My Sweet Lord. He wanted to be with Jesus, and uh, he wanted to know the truth. And so I prayed to God that, that God would reveal himself to George, even on his deathbed. And I don't know that it happened, but what I'm saying is, I trusted that God may go that far and answer such a prayer so that uh, George wouldn't have faced eternity without the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's God speaking directly that's to people. That's uh, God giving theophanies and Christophanies appearing to people. Next, we talked about God speaking through angels. Does anyone have a story about God speaking through angels in post-biblical times? Well, in my own lifetime here, I've been fascinated by a, a story that uh, our sound engineer Bob Morrison and, and his wife Melody Morris of Faith and Friends uh, shared with me some years ago. And you know, as I mentioned uh, in Hebrews, we don't know exactly when we're entertaining angels unaware. Uh, the story goes, and it's a tr- it's a true story. They were all um, in rubber rafts and they were going down a river, much like people do with rafts and canoes. And it turned out that their oldest uh, daughter uh, flipped out of the raft and was caught in an undercurrent, actually in a position to drown, trapped underwater underneath some brush. And uh, her sister tried to help her get out from under there. And as it turned out, two men 
came up from the bank into the river and rescued her, got her out from underneath that uh, downward pole where she was continually submerged. And they got, uh, Kim is her name, out from underneath that situation and got her squared away. And the whole group of four of them turned around, apparently, to thank these men. They were, they were nowhere to be seen. And this was kind of out in the middle of nowhere along the river. And it's always made me wonder whether that was a visitation of an angel who spared Kim's life. Right. You'd think the guys would stick around, you know, to make sure everything was okay if it was just a couple yeah, of humans. That's what I was yeah. Human people. Humans would say, I want to get some glory here. But right. the angels, I think, want to make sure God gets the glory. And I can't believe we are already at the point where we need to take a break. I don't even think we've gotten past almost the review of last uh, session, but we do need to take a break for our sponsor, and we will be right back with Reconciling Grace. Welcome back to Reconciling Grace. We're talking about how God communicates with us today. We've looked at how God communicated in the Bible, and now we want to ask the question, does God still communicate in those ways? And we're getting ready to talk about dreams and visions. Does anyone have a story of when God communicated in such ways? Well, I've had, I guess for lack of better terminology, visions. Uh, Not often. It's not like I'm going to go home every day and see this. I can maybe think about maybe twice in my life, and I'm currently 57 years old, so you know maybe once every uh, 20, you know, seven years or so, 28 years. Um, <clears throat> but I remember shortly after I gave my entire life to the Lord, I was in college. And I kind of felt a little bit like Peter seeing the vision of the sheet because I had gone to lay down for a while in the middle of the day. And I was um, in a kind of relationship, but not really deep relationship with a young lady. And my thought was, well, you know, she's just learning about the Lord and I need to keep helping her with this. And I literally felt myself in this vision, being lifted up like I'm going towards God. But then it was like I hit a, a the proverbial glass ceiling. I could actually feel my head bent over and my neck being tried to lift it past something I couldn't every time I was looking at this young lady. But when I took my eyes off of her, it was like the, the ceiling lifted and I was able to lift closer, further to God. That was one thing that happened to me. Another time was when I was called into ministry and I know I've gotten a little bit longer on this than I said I would, but just say I went to an altar after the end of a service when a pastor gave an altar call, and it wasn't because things were wrong, it's because things were right. And I didn't know why I was going, except I felt the Lord telling me to go to this altar. And as I was up there, I saw a vision of pieces of a puzzle being put together, and each of those pieces was representing an area of my life, and the puzzle got put together, and in the middle was a blank space. And again, not quite audibly, but almost audibly, I heard God say to me, are you willing to trust me with that? And I said, yes. And it was within, I'd say, six months 
that I ended up getting called into the ministry. Hmm. I know I've talked about how I've had dreams and visions uh, actually within the same 12-hour span uh, when I gave my testimony on the show here. So again, I'd ask listeners to go back and listen to that if you like to. Um, I've also talked about how God communicated in the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, looking forward to when God will uh, communicate through punishment, uh, speaking of the Revelation. And we've talked on the show here about how God communicates to us today uh, by disciplining us. He disciplines His children. And, of course, one of the primary ways God communicated in the Bible is through prophets. And whereas some Christians will say, well, God does still speak through prophets, some Christians will say He doesn't. I think we can all say, well, you know what? We've been listening to a sermon, and a pastor spoke God's word to us. You know, we can say, well, that, that message, you know, was meant just for me, or that, that hit a special part, part in my heart. Or maybe you've been talking to a Christian friend, or you've been in a Bible study, and God has spoken to you through what somebody else said. I think that sometimes, to me, the question comes down to the attitude of the person who is uh, saying it. One of the biggest things that I will almost immediately turn off my listening ears is when somebody walks up to me and says, well, God told me to tell you dot, dot, dot. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I believe that I am a child of God. I have the Holy Spirit living in me. I think he's going to need to confirm that in my life in another way besides him deciding that you have to be the one to tell me what he wants me to do. Right. And all the times that I've had God speak to me through other people, they didn't know they were specifically. It was just something that they said. Um, the Holy Spirit made a connection Mm -hmm. in my heart to what they were saying. That makes sense to me too. So the next way we talked about divinely ordained uh, consequences. And I'd say today we hear a lot of people talking about how God speaks through circumstances, or um, as I would say, through opening and closing doors. Does anyone have a story about how God did that uh, in their lives? Well, one that comes to mind, and sometimes people will um, pray and search the heart of God over uh, life's decisions. And uh, relocating or selling and buying a home is typically a very big decision that we would seek the Lord's guidance. Um, I can recall a time when in looking for uh, a new residence, God used circumstances uh, to tell me what, I believe to tell me what uh, he wanted me to do or not do. And having put down offers on seven consecutive properties and only to see the property sold out from under me at the last minute or taken off the market or repossessed or, or whatever. The circumstances fell through almost immediately in seven situations after um, having put an offer on a home. And I, I see the pattern there uh, that uh, God, I interpreted it as God wanting me through circumstances to see that I should be looking uh, as some other options. Right, right. Okay, what about through nature or through miracles? Has God ever communicated you to you in those ways? Well, when my son was young, um, early grade school years, I don't remember how old he was, 
But um, he was outside, and he's playing with his cousin. We were, they were at our house, and he stepped on a bee, and uh, I think it was a honeybee. Anyway, he came in the house. He wasn't crying or anything, didn't seem real upset over it. He showed it to me, and he just went and watched cartoons. You know, it wasn't any big deal. A little bit later, he comes in, and he says, Mom, I don't feel good, and I'm having a hard time breathing. And, you know, when I looked at him, he started to look like Frankenstein, you know, his his uh, forehead was, you know, swelling, and you know, he just—you could see this change of appearance because he was having an allergic reaction. But well, we lived really far out into the country. Um, the road come off of a county road, and it was a township road, like six tenths of a mile long. And the sign out that said the name of the road was completely gone, and it dead ended at our house. So there was only one other house on the lane, and so um, I called the doctor quickly, and he said the family doctor, and he said, you know, call the squad. And so we did, called the emergency squad. Well, I did. And uh, we kept waiting, and they never showed up for the longest time. When they did arrive, they said the reason was because uh, it took them so long was they kept going past that road. They couldn't find it, you know, a single-lane road. Well, in the meantime, you know, he, he comes up, and I'm holding him close on my lap, and, and you know, he's just getting worse, and, Mom, you know, I can't really breathe. And then uh, I, I squeezed him tight, and I, I remember this so vividly. I said, uh, Jason, don't worry. God's going to take care of you. And just so simply, he said, I know. <laughs> and so the squad still, like I said, it's getting late coming there. And he gotten up at some point, and I'm looking at him, and I'm starting to think, this swelling is, is going down. And by the time they arrived, I was embarrassed. I thought, I think I just haven't done right here calling the squad because look at him. He's, he's doing fine. I didn't realize that God had performed a miracle and saved his life, really, because they. by the time they got there, you know, he, he probably likely could have died because it just kept getting worse. Mm-hmm. So they arrived, they come in, and I said, well, he looked a lot worse than this. And they said, no one that has this reaction can, they, they have to have a shot, basically, is what they said. Said everyone has to. That's the only way to stop it. Well, I found another way, and that was by the glory of God. So they said, well, we're going to have to take him to the hospital. And so... They, they put him in the, the emergency um, vehicle, and so I wasn't riding with him. So they put him on oxygen. Now by the time he gets there, you can't see any sign whatsoever. So we get into the doctor, and the doctor says, well, I'm going to write you a prescription. There's nothing else I can do. I don't see anything wrong with him, and I'm going to write you a prescription because he might have gotten an infection. And so we go and fill it. Now, you know, we was real, living really tight financially back then. And so a $28 prescription really mattered because payday was coming up, you know. <laughs> and so I just, after a couple of days, I distinctly remember the Lord saying to me, you know, why did you go out and buy the medicine when you realized that I'm the one that, that saved him and I'm the one that healed him? You went out and paid all that money for the medicine, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And so because at some point I realized that God had touched him because there was just, it was impossible. There was no other way. He didn't need anything at all. Wow. Good. Okay, and then we talked about how God speaks through His presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Has anyone ever felt that nearness of God? I think that that's the primary way that I sense God speaking to me. More often than not, it's not through a vision. As I said, I think I've had two visions in my lifetime that I can remember. More often than not, it is through just an indescribable abiding peace that yes, this is what needs to be done, even if it makes no sense. Um, just just knowing that this is what 
I have to do, or this is how I have to act, or this is, you know, what needs to be done, that God speaks to my spirit in that way. And again, I, I cannot stress this enough to our listeners out there, to anybody. This is the difference, at least in my life, that the Holy Spirit makes. I could not have said this if I were not a Christian, because the Holy Spirit lives within my spirit, and now my spirit reacts to the Holy Spirit living within me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of the Spirit um, within me. He gives me feelings. He gives me guidance. Uh, and again, I would say, yeah, that probably is the primary way, which is scriptural, right? For us New Testament believers, Jesus said he's going to send that counselor. Um, he's going to guide us. He's going to convict us. And so the Holy Spirit communicating with us um, should be very regular. Um, but of course, the other way that, that I think most of us would say is very common is God communicating through Scripture. Does anyone have a story of when uh, just a, a verse or a passage really spoke to them? I've just had a number of times that that happens. Yeah. You know, if you're in, that's why it's good to have your normal Bible reading, because you can be praying about something and asking for leadership, and eventually you might just come to that where that just jumps off the page at you and you have your answer. But I have had, uh, I've asked God specifically to show me scripturally, and there's been a few times he's actually took me to the scripture and gave me the answer. And I think this is an important time for us to say that it's not a good idea generally to play Bible roulette, which is what I call when you uh, just say, okay, God, talk to me, and you flip open the Bible. I mean, there's the old story where where somebody says, uh, Judas went out and hanged himself. Oh, I don't like that. Let's try something else. And Jesus <laughs> says, go forth and do the same. You know, no, that's not that's not what you want to do when you're when you're seeking for Scripture. You want to do it in a prayerful way. I think kind of like what you're talking about, Vicky. Having a regular time of getting into God's Word is is really important. Right. And speaking of that regular time and, and God communicating us through Scripture. Uh, one, one of the things us, we theologians say is that Scripture is perspicuitous. That's your, your big word for the day. Well, Pers- then you're a theologian because yeah, I don't use that word. Perspicuitous, um, meaning that the Scripture is, is written on such a level that God can communicate to us uh, in a very simple way. Even a child can read the Bible, or hear the Bible stories, and understand it. God, commu- God can communicate to them on that level. But even a Bible scholar, even someone who who reads Scripture every day, even someone who does it as their job, will still understand the Scriptures at a deeper level every time they read it. There have been so many times where I've read a Scripture, and I say, I I know I've read this before, Mm -hmm. but I didn't get it, or I didn't see that particular part, or now God is speaking to me in a new way through that. And so that perspicuity of Scripture uh, is so important for us Christians to be, to be living in the Word, to be studying it, so that God can communicate to us uh, in new and in regular ways. And that reminds me of the Scripture, um, Hebrews 12, 4.12, that says the Word of God is, is alive, it's active. Mm-hmm. It yeah. speaks to us in the present day for our needs. Right, right. So all these ways that we've talked about, uh, shows that, that God did communicate uh, in Scripture in all these ways, that God still does communicate in all of these ways. And uh, I think, Pete, you said it earlier, God wants to speak to us. And so we need to be paying attention. We need to be saying, 
speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I mean, he, he went to all the trouble to send his son to die mm-hmm. for us. And I've always felt that it's not supposed to be hard to uh, know God's will. God went to that extreme to let his son die for us. And I can't imagine that he did it so that now we have to just follow this rule and follow that rule and make sure that we get just the right message so maybe a few of us might be saved. No, we have the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. He reconciles us. We are just about out of time. So for Steve Wilson, Mick Wells, Vicki Cundiff, this is Pete Vecchi. See you next time. This has been Reconciling Grace. Join us again next time as our panel discusses biblical truths centered around the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ.